I always know a powerful yes to an invitation. And when I received your invitation, I felt a powerful yes. So I'm so glad you invited (laughs) me and I'm so glad to be with you and to know you now. This is Heart of the Story and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. You are going to love today's interview with astrologist and poet Heidi Rose Robbins. But before we jump into this awesome talk where she blows my mind with the accuracy of reading my natal chart and being spot on, I wanted to talk with you quickly about my writer workout community. So many of you have been messaging me and asking about it. We meet on Mondays via Zoom at 12 o'clock central. And I give prompts and mini craft talks about writing, no matter what genre you write in, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, etc. And then we have about 20 to 25 minutes to write. So you're writing on the spot right there. We're like a community of people together, but writing silently. And then at the end of it, there's an opportunity to go into breakout groups and share you're writing with each other, reading it out loud a little bit, and um, just getting some on-the-spot positive feedback. So it's been going strong for over two years, and the community members have become like best friends. (laughs) It's such a great, awesome community. We support each other every week. uh, The authors are announcing more and more publications that they've had. It's It's a great community. So because so many of you have been asking about it, I wanted to give an opportunity for you to try out a class for free. So on June 6th, you can come in and try it out, see if you like it, and uh, just see what it's all about. So if you want to do that, you can go to my website, NadineKennyJohnstone.com, and there will be a tab on there. You'll see the announcement bar where you can go ahead and sign up, make sure that you add it to the cart and then complete it by clicking on the cart and doing the the full sign up and then you'll get a confirmation email with the zoom link so i cannot wait to see you i hope to see you on june 6th but without further ado let's get into this awesome conversation with heidi Today, friends, you are in for such a special treat because today we have astrologer, poet, writer, speaker, retreat leader, (laughs) what doesn't she do? Heidi Rose Robbins is joining us today, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, welcome, Heidi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Nadine. (laughs) So I discovered Heidi, I was listening to another podcast by a wonderful woman, Sarah Avonstover, and Heidi was on that podcast. And I said, I have to know this woman, I have to meet her. And I immediately signed up for an astrology class through Heidi. And to give some background, I only knew about myself that I was a Virgo. That's it. (laughs) So I knew that I had to delve into this world more. And Heidi, you have given 
so, so, so much knowledge. And I can't wait for the listeners to find out more about how astrology can really help us. And you have this beautiful quote in one of your courses that I think maybe your dad inspired that was when you know who you are, you know what to do. Yes. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit more about the things that you do and how you came to this place of having a career as an astrologist and poet? Mm, thank you. Yeah. So I always think of myself as bilingual because I grew up in a household that spoke astrology, as it were. You know, my dad <laughs> was an astrologer. And from the time I was very little, he talked to me astrologically. So it really was a lens through which I looked at the world. And I started my life very interested in theater and art and performance and still love that whole domain and very much consider myself an artist as well. But I found throughout my life, there was a lot of overlapping of those two worlds of the spiritual world and the astrological world. And so Astrology for me has always been a beautiful tool to look at myself and to look at my friends and to look at my clients and help them take next bold life steps. And um, I once went to a, a workshop myself, you know, a few years ago, and I had this moment where I said, I am a poet with the map of the heavens in my pocket. And mm. so, you know, this, this blend of the artist and the astrologer and the teacher has been sort of dancing throughout my entire life. Wow. So this podcast is a lot about following your heart. So I share stories of following my heart, but I love hearing from other people, ways that they have followed their hearts and maybe it's intuition or soul or spirit. You can replace heart with anything. How has astrology helped you follow your heart? So, you know, in the chart, this is something that's unique about the astrology that I practice. I practice soul-centered astrology and most traditional astrologers don't put a huge emphasis on the rising sign. And yet that for me is the most important position. And the rising sign is like our soul's calling. It's why we're here. And from a very young age, my father would remind me and say to me, well, you're a Leo rising and Leo rules the heart. And so always for me, the umbrella over everything that I do is how can we learn to love one another? So from the get-go, I always had an image of sort of like a sun at the center of my chest and the idea of how can I share more of my authentic self, whatever I'm touching. And I would say that it's so interesting when I look back at my younger life and say, I studied acting, I went to graduate school for theater, and I, I got out of graduate school and I said, huh, I don't think I'm going to act. But mm -hmm. I had the most amazing, life-changing time, and I learned how to be who I am. Like, you know, most people go to graduate school and like, I become a better actress. Well, I actually became a better self. Like I became more true to who I am. And so that's very Leo as well is like that path is to say, how can I become more of the person I am? How can I become more of the love that I am? How can I be more fully the light that I am in the world? And so I don't know if that answers the question, but it's definitely connected to the heart. <laughs> yes, I love that. How would you say 
all of these things are affecting you now? Like how is astrology affecting the decisions you're currently making or how you're looking towards the future? What is that? So astrology, I think is a beautiful tool for self-revelation, a beautiful tool for encouragement. And the way that I use astrology is exactly that. I sit with a person or I sit with a group and I say, all right, let's look at the gifts inherent in this chart. Let's look at the best possible way these energies could manifest. Let's look at the the highest level of consciousness we can bring through these energies. And let's support one another to take the next tiny step towards that unfolding. And so for me, it's a map that not only guides my life and not in a kind of like every day I look at exactly what's going on and, you know, direct my life accordingly. You know, it's not that minute, but like when I look at the, the cycles of a life and say, how can I ride this current? How can I do that in my own life? And how can I help others do the same? It's a remembering astrology also helps us remember who we are, which is truly light, love, power, loving intelligence. And um, it helps us find our unique path to express that. Mm. Oh, I love that. So you have mentioned some things that maybe someone who's new to all of this might not even know. So a lot of us know about our signs, but that might be it. So can you give a little bit of background on like sun, moon, rising signs so that listeners can get a grounding? (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're in such a beautiful time right now because more and more people are open to this and, and getting their charts online and just starting to explore, which is so lovely. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years and really in the last five years, it's been mind blowing how much it's changed. Right. So Mm -hmm. you can get your chart online in a heartbeat. You can go to astro.com and, you know, just get a picture of your chart. And that is the picture of the heavens from the moment that you were born. And if you look on that chart, there's a circle with the dot in it. And that is your sun sign. And the sun is the personality self. It's the do self. So if I said to you, Hey, Nadine, what's your sign? You'd say, I'm a Virgo. That's the sun sign, right? But the positions that many people don't know are the rising sign and the moon. And the rising sign is the sign that was at the horizon, the moment you took your first breath. So you can think of what it's like, what is rising in you. And you can think of it as if you keep working on this energy by the end of your life, you will have grown tremendously. And it's a very important position. So you always look to like the nine o'clock hour in the chart. And that is the rising sign. You are a person, by the way, that has the sun and rising sign in the same sign, which is very interesting, right? Um, But the moon has a lot to do with our childhood and our emotional go-to and where we feel safe. And so you could be very simple about this, Nadine, and you could say the moon is the past, the sun is the present, the rising sign is the, the future, as it were. Or sometimes I like to say, you're born into the moon, you get in your sun car, and you drive towards the rising sign. So that's a way to think of these three big points in your chart. But if you know those three big points, you know a lot more than just the one single energy yeah, of the sun. Yes. Yes. So I signed up for one of your classes and part of it was getting that chart. And so I learned that I was the sun sign Virgo rising sign Virgo, and then moon Libra. And there's also houses in there. So the sun Virgo in the 12th house, moon Libra in the first house. 
And at first, before I went through your course, I had no idea what this meant. So could you possibly use my chart as an example of what these things mean or how they can help us understand who we are? Yeah, I would love to. And it's so important. You know, I I mentioned these three positions, but you, you know, there are so many other planets and asteroids that all have a voice in the choir of you as well. So I'm focusing in on just a few, and yet those three are very important. So if we started with the fact that you are a Virgo sun, Virgo has the editorial eye. It, It has a certain precision to it. It loves to refine and improve and perfect and make something better. So as somebody who coaches people writing, that's a gorgeous position because you can always look at a piece of writing and say, ah, you know, let's just eliminate this and flesh this out. I mean, it's got this beautiful refining impulse, but what's so immediately gorgeous for you is that you're not just a Virgo sun. Your Virgo sun is shining, as you said, in the 12th house. And the 12th house is a house of great sensitivity and feeling and listening. So you are the profound intuitive listener that then, because she's listened, can refine and improve and get a flow going and actually like welcome love and grace in because you've attended to all the details. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a typical Virgo in, you know, Virgos are rigorous. They're investigative. They're very cerebral, but you have this deep water connection of the 12th house, which means you have a big heart and profound care and want to uplift and help others in very practical ways. Wow. When I found out a bit of this through doing the course and you're just helping really expand upon it. And I thought, my goodness, this makes so much sense. I find your work so validating because I'm going, okay, I'm a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their stories. And usually they're memoirs, stories from the heart. And it really helped me to go, okay, this is you. This is why you have this precise brain that really knows what to cut, add, or move in a narrative, but you really want to help women. Yes. (laughs) So it felt really validating to hear. And Virgo is one of the great signs connected to the divine feminine. And so it is cancer and Virgo are the two great divine feminine energies. So there's a very practical energy about it, but it is, there's also a very devotional energy about it. And I always call Virgo. And now let's shift a little bit to your rising sign, because yes, it carries the same energy as your sun, but when you have the sun and the rising sign and the same sign, it's just like a mission statement. It's like, you are (laughs) really here to live into Virgo and Virgo is the priestess. And what does a priestess do? She practices. She shows up in devotion to refine her craft and to help others do the same. And so you are here to really become the priestess of your work because Virgo is deeply connected to the work energy. And here's another really interesting thing. You cannot look at Virgo without looking at Pisces, which is the sign opposite Virgo. They're like two ends of the same stick. So just like you said, here's this beautiful podcast stories from the heart, you know, Mm -hmm. Pisces is the heart is the flow is the artistry is the inspiration and Virgo makes sure that that gets out into the world through its discerning practical eye. Wow. Yeah. 
you're blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and I mean, let's just weave in your moon while we're at it and just say that having this podcast, working with your clients is perfect for your moon position because you have the moon in Libra and the moon remember has so much to do with our childhood and, you know, and a moon in Libra child wants peace. It wants <laughs> harmony. It wants beauty. It doesn't want to rock the boat. It wants everyone to be happy, you know, but it also has this great ability to be like the gracious host and to say, let me talk. Let's have a great conversation that inspires us both because Libra is about the dance of the masculine and the feminine or the dance of the polarities. And it's all about right relationship. How are we coming together in right relationship? So you come forth as a peacemaker, as an artist, as a host, as someone who knows the art of diplomacy and the art of conversation. Wow. Wow. I'm sure when you're working with clients, you get this a lot. <laughs> They're just kind of looking at you dumbfounded. Like, how did you know that? <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons I love astrology is it's a beautiful tool. It's a beautiful system that just is deeply revealing. And sometimes you can skip a lot of therapeutic steps. If you just like know your <laughs> astrology, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Okay. That's built in. So how do I work with it? <laughs> yes. You know? And you do so much good work because you have two podcasts. So you have the Radiance Project and then you co-host Charting Your Career. How do you use astrology to help people in their careers and in transition? Yeah. So you have your birth chart, right? And that is already revealing of the self. And if you asked me a question about career, there are certain parts of the chart that I would look to that are areas of career, like the 10th house has a lot to do with the career. A position called the North Node of the Moon has a lot to do with the career. So first of all, I'm just looking at your natal chart to answer questions about your purpose. And even, of course, your rising sign, right? The rising sign is so fundamental to the energy that you want to share in the world. But then if you and I are sitting together and you're asking me a question about this present moment, then I have to look at transits in your chart. And that is where all the planets are in the heavens right now and how they're lighting up your birth chart. And so at any given time, we're in specific cycles of our life that we want to make sure that we're in resonance with. So for example, you are actually in a very profound time that is much more like, I would want you to go off and write your own book or something. It's like this cocooning time. You just entered this very Piscean time, which is radically different than your Virgo. Your Virgo is like work, 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 work. And Pisces is like, I just need to be alone to create, you know, and, or, you know, it's like falling back in love with your artist self in a way, you know? So, I mean, I could say more about it, but you are in a very particular time that I would speak to you about based on where the planets are right now and how they're lighting up your chart. Wow. That is so, so interesting. And I'll affirm a lot of what you're saying, because for 13 years, I was a professor and then I was doing writing coaching on the side. And last July, though I loved my university job, I said, I'm going to give my own thing a try. And so, you know, I, I was kind of like helping women for years on the side. And then I realized this is what I want to do 
all the time is help mm-hmm. these women authors. And then over, especially over the past few months, I have tried to get off of the always going, 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 always working, working, working treadmill and really figure out how I want to give my energy. And so really figuring out, okay, this is how much I can teach and give my full self to the women. This is how much I can coach and give my full self. And then this is how much time I need for my own craft, my own heart, my own self-care, my own self-love. And yes, I love coaching and I want to do that all the time. And then the other thing that I want to do is write (laughs) and just, you know, take solo retreats and just write books. So well, actually, that's, you know, you also teach retreats and at Pisces, I, the reason why I'm saying this is the progressed moon in your chart is currently in Pisces and we could go into the technical details, but let's just say it's a position where Pisces is really amplified and Pisces rules retreats and Pisces rules personal retreats and it rules like your little cocoon, but it also could rule you actually facilitating them as well, for sure. But it tends to be a time when you're dreaming and synthesizing and falling in love with yourself, with another, with a piece of art. You know, there's a lot about that going on in your life right now. And you have so much Virgo. I'm noticing this with people with strong Virgo that the last, like, let's say six months, Jupiter has been in Pisces. And so Jupiter opposite all your Virgo has been like balancing the scales and Virgo works harder than anybody. Virgo is particular and rigorous and pays attention to her health, like nobody's business. And Pisces is a little bit like, can't we just take a walk along the water and listen to beautiful music and just chill a little bit in, you know, I mean, like, like bring in the balance and there's a huge energy of bringing in the balance in your life right now. Oh my gosh. It's like, you're uh, looking into my life <laughs> Oh, as much as I would love to just like selfishly just take up all this time just for me. I also want to think about, okay, so somebody's listening and they're going, I need some of this. And I also want to know how the moon is affecting what's going on in our lives. Well, One of the things I love so much about what you do is every day you post a moon note on Instagram. It is my number one Mm. go-to. I'm not on social media all the time, but when I go on, my very first search is of the moon note. So talk to us about that and the impact that the moon has on us. Yeah. So it's so interesting because this started five years ago, almost five years ago, and it was, I had, I had like four posts on Instagram and really I was like, well, Instagram's a great way to build community. I should start doing, I mean, it was really that like concrete. I should just see something, post something astrological. And this was really before things started to go insane with astrology on Instagram. And so I just one day wrote, "Uh, you know, the moon's in cancer, have a nice meal, be cozy, you know? And for the first time ever, 25 people or something said, Hey, I love this. Do more of this. And it was just one of those reflections where the community said, do more of this. And I have a little Capricorn moon. So I love to work hard and I love to be rhythmic. So I said, well, 
all right, I'll just do it every single day. And I have yet to miss a day, <laughs> which I am which, amazed, you know, by that. which may be a little compulsive. Um, <laughs> there was, there was even a day and when I was in Ireland with my family and we were about to take off whale watching and there had been some, you know, technical error. And I was like, oh, and I was writing the moon note, taking the picture as the guy on the boat is like, we have to leave. And it was hilarious, but we got it. But the reason why I use the moon is not because the moon is the most important body in the heavens. In fact, in esoteric astrology, it really is an energy that we want to rely on, but not necessarily live in. But the moon affects the public deeply, and it's a way to start studying how the energy changes. So every two and a half days, the moon changes position. So it's a way for us to go, oh, I noticed that. I noticed that in myself. I noticed that in my partner, whatever. And so the reason why I'm doing it is it's like a training for all of us to start noticing subtler energy and how it affects us. And I hope to inspire people along the way. And I hope people to encourage people along the way. And I hope that people can start their days and feel a little hope because it's hard these days, you know? So that's why I started them. And um, if, if somebody wants to know about their moon position or wants to know about their sun position, one of the other things that I've created in the last couple of years is just these little snapshots where on my website, it's called HeidiRose.com. And you can order a snapshot that just has me or one of my team telling you about in 15 minutes, your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. So you start to get a taste of how these three energies work in your life. Yes. And that's what I think helps me at the beginning of one of your courses, you defined using astrology as just noticing the energies kind of that you can harness. I forget the exact quote you use, but it's about the energies that are available to you. Yeah, we're given this blueprint. It's like a snapshot of the heavens the moment you're born. And if you could imagine you're like a little baby, and if you zoom out and you think, we're in relationship to everything when we're born, and let's start looking at some of those relationships. What is the relationship between myself and this planet? And it's not like a planet is doing something to us, Mm -hmm. but it's about being in the field of this energy and how does it affect us and how are we inspired to act as a result of being touched by these subtler energies? Yeah. And what is the role of astrology on the energy right now? Like if you looked at what's going on right now in the world, and if you look at astrology, how is it kind of matching energy? And is there a way to look at the future and, and kind of use astrology to think about what might be ahead in terms of what's going on in our world? Yeah. The the beautiful thing is like there are astrologers that focus in on all different areas. Like there's a wonderful astrologer named Elizabeth Grace who looks politically at Mm -hmm. astrology and politics. So every week she puts out this huge newsletter about everything that happened the week before in politics and then how it was reflected astrologically. So Mm -hmm. you have, you know, astrologers that focus in on different areas. And of course there are certain transits that affect us all. So one small example I'll give you is that May 10th, Jupiter in the heavens 
will move into the sign of Aries. So that's going to affect us all. And it's been in Pisces. So this Jupiter in Aries is going to launch things, ignite things. There's going to be a sort of fierceness with Aries. It's got an entrepreneurial spirit. So you start to say, well, where does that land in my chart? Where does that land in the United States chart? You know, because every country has a chart. So another big transit that happened just April 12th was for the first time since 1856, this transit has not occurred. And it was Jupiter next to Neptune in Pisces. And by the way, it happened in a really important part of your chart. Um, (laughs) it It happened right at your relationship point. Very powerful. But Jupiter and Neptune together is a huge time where compassion is activated, where our dreams are activated and where we are inspired to think about one another with greater empathy and greater compassion, you know, Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces cracks our heart open, you know? And so you start to see things like what was going on in the train stations near Ukraine where baby strollers and people like, come, I'll take you in. I mean, obviously it manifests in a lot of different ways, but that's one of the most hopeful ways, right? So yeah, there are major transits that affect us all that we do want to look at. And are those able to be even forecasted into the next year and beyond? Yeah, you could look ahead for your entire life. You could look ahead for the next hundreds of years where the planets will be. And there are astrologers that say, okay, well, they're writing and they're looking 20 years from now, right? So like, for example, Pluto is currently in the sign of Capricorn. It moved in in 2008 Pluto spends usually like 15 to 20 years in a sign. The minute it moved into Capricorn, Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. Capricorn rules all governmental structures, all kind of patriarchal, hierarchical structures. Pluto busted it open. First, we had the collapse, you know, of all the banks and real estate. And then we've had all this cracking open of all these systems that no longer serve us. And Pluto has been doing its work now for what, 13, 14 years. And it will be very soon that it'll be shifting into Aquarius. But astrologers certainly looked at that and said, whoa, like what's going to go down there? Old structures will crumble. What will that look like? And that's where you can get into not the predictive, but you can look at like, how might this manifest? Let's discuss it. Let's use it in the best way possible. Wow. And when it moves into Aquarius, what's the feeling and energy around that? Yeah. Aquarius, you know, rules groups and it rules group work and it rules technology, which I think is going to be the key thing here, because how are we using technology? Mm -hmm. Is it killing us or is it improving conditions. And we really need to find a way to infuse technology with loving intelligence. And I think Pluto at first is going to be a little bit busting up some of the perhaps not healthy approaches to technology, you know, or it could be abuse of power around technology, or it could be something like here, Elon Musk just bought Twitter. What kind of power plays are going on in the spheres of how we get our information? Because Aquarius has a lot to do with the distribution of information, you know? So, I mean, honestly, Nadine, like 
I think it, that all that is fascinating. And I really do watch along with everyone else and sort of think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but maybe you can feel in me also that the, the part of astrology that is my true heart's calling is like to help us all become the best version of ourselves that we can be and to be bold in our love and be bold in using the tools we've been given, you know? And so working individually with people, working in groups, it's like, let's grow our own individual light so the collective light can win the day. Exactly. And when I think of you, that's what radiates from you. Mm-hmm. Like your desire to help people come into their, their light and mm-hmm. lead lives of, of love and radiance. And so one of the things that you do to kind of help with this, you lead retreats, you've had them in Ojai and you said in the fall, you have um, one in Esalen and then another at Ojai. So talk to us a bit about what you love about the retreat space and maybe even what happens when you take personal retreat, if you've been able to do that lately. Mm, I love personal retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, so the retreats that I've been leading for the last 13 years are called radiant life retreats. And of course I used my Leo rising as inspiration for that. And they grew out of my love of group work. They grew out of a love of how do we make these energies more tangible? And so they grew out of this desire to weave the artistic with the spiritual. And so at these retreats, we really do embody the energy in our chart. So we're up on our feet, we're moving, we're trying to feel like Aries in the body, we're writing, we're making collages, we're in group council, we're in partner work. So we're anything and everything for us to deeply understand these energies in our systems without just making it a cerebral activity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the beautiful thing is they've grown over the years. And just recently I had one and we had the last retreat was two days before the world closed down. So it was like March 13th or something. It ended in 2020. And then we opened the doors again, exactly two years later. And what was so beautiful about this most recent retreat is that you can feel that a certain community has built and always there are new women, but always there are returning women. And there's this energy of everyone has their place in the collective and we're all there to help one another grow. So that's my joy to do that. And then the the retreat that I'll be offering in Esalen is with Day Shildkrit and he's written oh, a book called Morning that. Altars. Yeah. Do you know Day? Yeah. Yeah. And his book is like right over there, 10 feet okay. away. <laughs> and we met, we met just like totally out of the blue, just on Instagram, kind of like, hi, hi, I wrote a book. I mean, just like simply we met, but basically we're going to be combining altar building and astrology. And uh, so we're going to, or ritual making and astrology. So we're going to work with our sun, moon and rising, and we're going to work with the rituals that can help us live those energies more fully. Oh yes, please. (laughs) As soon as hello, goodbye came out. I mean, I just, it's like such a textbook. I think you have it right now. I do. And I'm I'm sitting, I used it to prop up my mic. I was like, hello, goodbye. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. It's such a good go-to manual for thinking about ritual. 
I know that this past year, we both lost our fathers and my father passed away last April. And because of where we were in the pandemic, we couldn't gather much. And so there weren't the typical rituals to really process the grief and honor and bring about memory. And so as soon as Day's book came out, I just went immediately to the part about like rituals for loss. And it was so healing. And I've been using his book a lot for thinking about now that we're coming back to gathering again, like how can we bring back ritual? It's almost like we weren't just able to not gather for the past two years, but rituals fell away too. And those are really, really important. So I don't know if you could talk a bit about what that looks like in in your life, creating those important rituals. You know, in a strange way, let me go in through the idea of personal retreat, because it feels to me whenever I give myself a personal retreat, which I started to do when my son was a baby, like I just said, I need to go away for a night. And at first that's all I could do. I was like, I'll just go away for a night. And there's still, there was guilt. Right. And, but over time it built up. I was like, I'm going away for two nights. I'm going away for three nights. I'm going away for four nights, you know? So for me, the entire retreat is a ritual because Mm -hmm. it's a coming home to myself. And there were ritual parts of the retreat. Like first I would get there and I would sleep or I would open the door to the hotel and burst into tears and have a good cry, you know, Mm. and then I would take a walk and then I would have a delicious cup of coffee and then I would show up on the page. And for me, writing is so connected to ritual somehow. So it's almost like every time I gave myself a personal retreat, I would enter the mystery figure out what this particular retreat was about. And at some point in the personal retreat, there would be a moment by the ocean, sitting, watching the sunrise or something where it's clear that this is the soul moment of resetting. Mm. Yeah. And I would say at the retreats, we always do some form of ritual even in in the embodiment, sometimes we create a ritual for a woman, like all the women are involved in helping her understand what it is to experience like Uranus on her son. And we create like a threshold time for her where you're not going to forget that moment. It's a moment in time where you understand and you make a statement that is heard and witnessed. Mm. Oh, I love that. And what about Ojai calls to you for retreat? Yeah, it's a magical place for me. I don't know. I mean, I was trying to actually remember. I've lived in Los Angeles for now over 20 years. And I think the first time I went, I was invited to Meditation Mount. Mm. And I think I gave a talk at a full moon meditation or something. But it was 20. It was at least, it was probably right when I moved here. And when I went, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this place. And there's the Krishnamurti, you know, pepper tree retreat. There's, it's a valley filled with spirituality and like Crestone, Colorado is the same. And the minute that you'd get off 101 and turn towards Ojai, I just start to feel radically different. And I start to feel very held because it's only an hour and a half from LA. It also became just this sacred place that I knew that I could get there fast and if I'm going to be away from my family, I'm going to make the most of it, you know? 
And there's something about it that's so deeply silent. Mm. Oh, I love it. I haven't been and I want to go. Oh, you must. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to offer an opportunity. You're a poet and you're a beautiful mm. poet. And I wanted to see if there might be anything you want to share with us today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought I would read the poem that I wrote when my dad was dying and, you know, you and I are navigating this. It's a deep, deep, deep time. And I was fortunate enough to be with my dad and I was in Finland with him and that's where he lived. And so I was already in like a different space and um, it was snowing most of the time I was there and they live in the woods and he thankfully got out of the hospital and got to come home. And so there were some days before he died where we were all in the home together and the snow was falling and there there were just, it was his wife, it was me, it was his wife's daughters and it was basically priestesses. Like that's what it was. And it was a time out of time. So about 24 hours before he passed, I started to write this poem and it's called Hush. We sit together, the hush of snow descending. Dad sleeps, only whispers now. Nurses come and go, hours become days. We wait. He is solving a mystery only he can solve. When it is time, it is for us to take him to the shore. Tears softening our path, fill his boat with flowers, scatter infinite blessings. Oh, my beloved father, these final moments, these last breaths, these sighs of memory and longing, memory and longing. Let me kiss your brow, put my hand in yours. Let me meet your closing eyes. Hush now, hush, nothing but love now, nothing but love. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. What a gift to share that. This time has been so sacred. It has made my day, my week, my month. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of who you are and sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you, Nadine. And just to say, like, you know, I always know a powerful yes to an invitation. And when I received your invitation, I felt a powerful yes. So I'm so glad you invited (laughs) me and I'm so glad to be with you and to know you now. Oh, thank you. She was so incredible, right? (laughs) Not only is the astrology part completely fascinating, but also she has such a big heart, such a big heart. She is such a a calm, welcoming presence and this gift of poetry along with the astrology. What a wonderful soul. So in the show notes, I have all of the links 
to Heidi's Instagram so you can get those moon notes every day. And then you can check out her website so that you can learn about upcoming workshops, retreats that she is leading, as well as the natal chart information that she talked about where she has the 15 minute kind of clip that gives you an idea of your sun, moon, rising signs, etc. All the good things are in the show notes. So you definitely want to check her out. If you loved today's conversation, please, please, please take a screenshot, tag Heidi, tag me. I'm at meeting Kenny Johnstone on Instagram and let us know what struck you. Let us know what you loved about the conversation. We love hearing from you. And I want to thank my producer, Michelle Rado, an amazing person in my life. I'm so, so lucky to have you as producer, Michelle. And as always, everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.